Now, Birdsong, fun and fascinating talk about the top stories in today's headlines. Birdsong may just be the most qualified talk show host in the business, thanks to his many careers in law, government, and education. Here's your host, Leonard Birdsong. Hello, folks. This is Birdsong back with you. Got interesting news for you today. Talk about some things that are on my mind that you might want to know about. Maybe you know about some of it in the news. We also have a guest uh, who you will enjoy. She's a humorist, among other things. She's also a singer. She thinks humor is good for us. Let me start out today with some news on my mind that you might want to know about. Are we seeing the slow motion implosion of the Trump administration? Maybe. On Wednesday, the 12th of December, President Trump's longtime lawyer and fixture, Michael Cohen, was sentenced in federal court for violations of not paying his taxes and for lying to Congress and for setting up payments to a porn star and a Playboy bunny to keep them out of the news while Mr. Trump was running for president. Mr. Cohen got 36 months. That's three years in prison. And that sounds like a long time, but he could have gotten five more years just for lying to Congress. However, Mueller said that that count should be concurrent, that is concurrent with the other counts he would get in the Southern District of New York. Now, this three years is a long sentence for a white-collar crime, and the three years is not all. He's supposed to turn himself in on March 6, 2019, uh, to the Bureau of Prisons, he was also ordered to pay $1.39 million in restitution for the IRS for evading taxes for about five years. He's to pay another $500,000 in forfeitures to the government for things he bought with his ill-gotten gains. And then another $100,000 in fines. Now that's a hefty, hefty chart. I don't know if he'll be able to do all of that. They say he wants to cooperate the things that he said that uh, basically come down to the fact that Mr. Trump asked him to do things that were criminal in silencing the two ladies who supposedly had an affair with him, that is with Mr. Trump. Mr. Trump says it was not illegal. Well, we will see. This is bad stuff. I think that, I don't know that the end is in sight, but I think Mr. Mueller, who's been the special counsel investigating all of this, has a lot of evidence that there has been a lot of criminal wrongdoing in this administration. I say stay tuned, folks. Stay tuned. Now, there's been another case in the news this past week. A fellow by the name of James A. Field, Jr., maybe you don't know that name, but about 16 months ago, he was at a rally to unite the right in Charlottesville, Virginia. And uh, he ran his car, a Dodge Challenger, into a, into a crowd of people who were peacefully protesting, killing one and injuring 35 other people. 
Now, he is an avowed neo-Nazi. That is, he believes, he believes in the Nazi government of Hitler, and he thinks Hitler was a great person. I don't care for neo-Nazis. I don't care for the regular Nazis. As many of you may know, when I was posted in Germany for three years, part of my job in the American Consulate in Hamburg was to have, be the hearing officer for former Nazi Party members and Waffen-SS soldiers who wanted visas to go to the United States. This was in the mid-1980s. So I talked to real Nazis. They were bad boys. I don't know why young Americans, Mr. Fields is only 21, want to go along and become a neo-Nazi, that is, a new Nazi. The Nazis were mass murderers. They killed millions of people. Now, a lot of this whole stuff about resurrecting the Nazi party is stuff that's disseminated by Russia to get us stirred up and fighting against each other. But anyway, let's get to the trial. It was a murder trial. It lasted two weeks. That's not unusual for a murder trial. I used to prosecute a number of them, and later on in life I was a defense attorney defending people. And I'm only telling you this because this man needs to be in prison. After his, or During his two-week trial, he sat impassively at the defendant's table clad in a powder blue sweater, and the jury listened to him. They went out at the end of all the evidence, and it took them only four hours to find him guilty of several counts. The first count, first-degree murder, for which he could get life in prison for each of five counts for aggravated malicious wounding. That's with his car, driving into a crowd of people. Twenty years each for three counts of malicious wounding and nine years for leaving the scene of the fatal crash that he ran away from. So his sentence is life plus 419 years and a $480,000 fine. Now, I hope this sends a message to neo-Nazis and people who want to be Nazis and mass murderers that this is not the country to do this in. He's going to be in prison for a long time. Now, the jury had seven women and five men. He will be formally sentenced on March 29th, where he will go to the uh, federal prison. He's been in the jail in Virginia. Now, I won't tell you much more about the trial, but several people who had been hurt did come to the stand and testify as to what happened on that day back in the summer 2017, how they were hurt and how their injuries will be long-lasting. But, you know, it's little things in murder trials that sometimes get jurors to convict. One thing about being a trial lawyer, you never really know what the jury is thinking. As a prosecutor or a defense attorney, you can talk to the jury, but they can't answer you. However, it's certain pieces of evidence you know might turn the jurors your way, whether for the prosecution or for the defense. Now, one of these things is, is that 
after he crashed his car into the crowd of people killing one person and injuring many others, he backed his car up and was stopped by the police. He was told by the police that he was running away because he was scared. He didn't do this on purpose. As a matter of fact, when he learned that one person was killed, he started crying. Now, maybe, maybe that says that he was sorry. But prosecutors and defense attorneys know that intent is what one has to instill in a jury to get a criminal conviction. How do you get intent? Well, you can't open up a person's head and find out what they were doing, but you can ascertain intent by their words or their actions, maybe the pictures they drew, things like that. Two pieces of evidence that stand out to me in this case. Mr. Fields lived in Maumee, Ohio. That's 500 miles from Charlottesville, Virginia, where he committed this crime. He drove that 500 miles to uh, go down to that rally. And before he left, he said that uh, he has a right to protest, and he posted something on Instagram that says, you have a right to protest, but I'm late for work. Read his post, accompanied by an image of what? An automobile running into a group of people. This was just a few weeks before he did the actual deed. The second piece of evidence is when he emailed his mother to say he was going to the rally. I don't think it was an email. It was a text, as a matter of fact. He said that he was going to this rally, and his mother texted him back, be careful. He wrote back, or texted back, we're not the ones who need to be careful. And with that, he attached a photograph of Adolf Hitler. It's those little things that you put together that show intent. Mr. Fields went to this rally with the intent to cause mayhem, destruction, and possibly death. And someone did, in fact, die. And many people were injured. He now has a term of life plus 419 years and a $480,000 fine. I say, good for the prosecution. This young man needs to be in jail, and I certainly hope this will show or deter other wannabe neo-Nazis to stop this foolishness. We do not need neo-Nazis in our country that want to do mass murder. That's what brought Germany down. All right, those are my opinions about that trial. You know what, I, before I get off this topic, he has another trial coming up because federal prosecutors say that he did a, hit, a hate crime, that is killing someone with his car at a Nazi rally, and uh, he will be going to trial in the federal system, and they have the death penalty. We don't know if they will ask for the death penalty, but federal law says he could be put to death. I think death is too good for him. I think 419 life and I think life in prison plus 419 years would do the job.
<laughs> All right. Let's move on to something else that caught my attention this past week. You know, I've told you, as a prosecutor, I used to work with the police in Washington, D.C., where I lived. There were the Metropolitan Police. I was a local police. There were the Park Police. There were the uniformed police on Capitol Hill, the uniformed Secret Service Police, lots of police forces in Washington, D.C. So I'm not against police. I've worked with them. They've helped me win cases and investigate cases when I was a prosecutor. And I don't think that all police officers are bad, but some are, and I plan to call them out when I find out. Here's a story that you may not have heard about. When a judge acquitted a white St. Louis police officer in September of 2017 for fatally shooting a young black man, the city's police braced for massive protest, but St. Louis Metropolitan Police Department officer Dustin Boone wasn't just prepared for the unrest, he was pumped. He wrote in a text, It's going to get ignorant tonight. Texted that on September 15, 2017, the day the verdict came down in that shooting case. He, he went further and texted, It's going to be a lot of fun beating the hell out of those S blank heads once the sun goes down and nobody can tell us apart. Well, folks, two days later, prosecutors say that's exactly what Mr. Boone did to one black protester. Boone, who's 35 years old, and two other officers, Randy Hayes, 31, and Christopher Myers, threw a man to the ground and viciously kicked him and beat him with a riot baton, even though he was in complying with their instructions. But the three officers had no idea that the man was a 22-year police veteran working undercover who they beat so badly he couldn't eat and lost 20 pounds. Earlier this past week, as a matter of fact, a grand jury indicted the three officers and uh, another officer for the attack. Prosecutors released text messages showing the officers bragging about assaulting protesters when Hayes, even nothing that going with Hayes saying, going rogue does feel good. Going rogue does feel good as a police officer. Now, if it was not a police officer, and particularly a black police officer who was the victim of this assault, would we be at this juncture, said the Reverend Daryl Gray, one of the protest organizers, said to the Washington Post. Well, we will never know, but again, we have texts between Boone Hayes and Myers that suggest these officers were explicitly looking forward to violently attacking protesters. As a matter of fact, again, the day the verdict was released, Myers suggested they, quote, whoop some ass, end quote. This was also done by way of some um, texts. It's this kind of evidence that when it comes out at trial will probably convict them. They need to be convicted. The name of the victim, he was only identified in papers, federal papers or documents, as L.H., but his name is Luther Hall. He was a veteran city police officer working undercover during the demonstrations. Though he made no effort to resist, the three officers brutally beat him, and he was left with a two-centimeter hole above his lips, 
and an injured tailbone and back injuries that required surgery. He still hasn't recovered enough to return to work a year later. Three police officers gave false statements about the arrest and the beating and even directly contacted Officer Hall to try to dissuade him from pursuing charges. That's obstruction of justice. Officer Myers also destroyed Mr. Hall's cell phone, which said this was another obstruction of justice charge they're going to bring in federal court against these officers. Now, again, police officers beating up their own goes too far. Sometimes you need the police to break up rallies or crimes and maybe bust a little head, but this is ridiculous. These boys or men should be kicked off the force. I've never had truck with officers like this. I hope they learn their lesson, and I hope other police officers listening or seeing or knowing about this will not do this or not um, support this kind of action by police. We don't need it. The police are here to serve and protect, not beat up each other and protesters. So that's all I can say on that. Finally, one of the things on my mind is the news that there is a senator. His name is Tim Scott. He's a United States senator senator from the state of South Carolina. He is an African-American. He usually goes along with presidential appointments, but in the last week or so, he's had a blunt message for his party's leaders. That message is when it comes to picking judicial nominees and examining their records on race, as a party, the GOP can do better. Now, Senator Scott is the only Republican in the Senate. He knows that the Trump administration has been loading up the federal courts with nominees for vacancies, some at the trial court level, that's district court, and many more at the Court of Appeals. That's the appeals issue. And many of these nominees are not really qualified to be judges. The American Bar Association passes on everyone or every judge that's nominated or every person who's nominated to be a judge and gives them a rating. Many of the ratings of the judges that have been nominated and put on the bench have a bad or poor rating from the American Bar Association, and it's just awful. One of the reasons the American Bar Association comes out against some of these people is that, in one case, a person who wanted to be a judge has never tried a case in his life. He hasn't tried a criminal case, and he's never tried a civil case. Why would you put someone like that on the federal bench? Then there are the people who do things like this fellow, Ryan Bonds, or Bounds did. In this past July, the White House had to withdraw his nomination for the U.S. Court of Appeals for the Ninth Circuit. Why? Because Bounds faced criticism for articles he wrote as an undergraduate that ridiculed multiculturalism and groups concerned with racial issues. Mr. Scott, or Senator Scott, raised concerns about these writings, and Bounds has not made it to the court. Now, his latest person that he has said he wants to, can't 
back is a fellow by the name of Farr. Mr. Farr was a fellow who, in North Carolina, he is from North Carolina, was up for a seat on the Court of Appeals for the Fourth Circuit, I think it was. But he worked for a senator by the name of Jesse Helms, who back in 1984-1990 came under scrutiny for distributing postcards that the Justice Department later said were sent to intimidate black voters from going to the polls. This is not the kind of person we want on the federal bench. As Senator Scott says, the Republican Party can do better than this. Also, just so you know, the judges that have been appointed in this last round are less diverse than before, only mainly men, fewer women, certainly fewer, uh, fewer minorities. But also, some of their records are just bad on racial matters. This has got to stop. I hope we can all do a better job. This is Birdsong. You know, if you ever want to text me, I got a text mess, text number here, 904-878-8170. Birdsong, 904-878-8170. You can text me if you'd like. I'll get back to you. Thank you for sticking with me, folks. It is Leonard Birdsong on Leonard Birdsong Radio. I'm bringing a guest on this segment, and information about him says uh, he's an author, a consumer debt and personal finance ex- expert. His name is Howard Vorkin, and he says odds are your listeners have more than one of them in their wallets, but how much do they really know about using credit cards to their best advantage? Well, we hope to find out with Howard Dvorkin. He's originally a CPA. Howard, are you there? I am indeed. Thank you for having me on today. Well, it's a pleasure. Good to talk to you. Credit cards. I'm going to confess, I have two credit cards and two debit cards. Is that too many? Well, to be honest with you, that's very low. The average person in the United States has about four or five. The average client that we've talked to usually has about eight on average. Mm. However... Two is good. One is better. And I will tell you, the one should be a debit card, which pulls directly out of your checking account or savings account, so you know what you're spending and you don't overspend. I mean, in reality, I'm not one of those folks that uh, that that preaches no no use of credit cards. I mean, the fact of the matter is it's the year 2017. You need a credit card, whether it's to for emergencies, for airline tickets, for rent a car, or even just to throw your uh, cell phone bill on. You got to right. you have to have something out there. But you can control the your your access to it and try not to use it as much as you 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 probably have in the past. So you're not a normal 
then don't take this the wrong way. You're not a normal person. <laughs> but neither you're not am the I. first. You're not the first one to tell me that, Howard. <laughs> yes, I've taken uh, years of therapy to come to that conclusion. Uh, well, listen, listen. Um, I, I've, I've spilled my beans. For the credit card I only use generally for big items like airline tickets or that sort of thing. And usually I try to buy most things with the debit card, like you say. Right. But I I know that you have a credit card quiz, and I'd like you to share that with our listeners. Can you do that? I can indeed. I mean, basically, and, and going back to what you were saying, it's okay to use credit cards, but when the bill pay comes in, pay it off. That's Don't what I try to do. Things are going to get better next month. Pay it off this month, period. And if you don't have the money, don't spend it. Don't spend money that you don't have. That's really a trick. Um, I mean, let's face it. Whether you need a credit card, you need a credit card out there, as I said, to rent a car. And, and will it go and increase your scores? You know, there's, there's debates. Yes, it will increase your score. That means your credit, credit your credit score. Is that what you're talking about? Right. The credit scores. But you got to be careful because too much debt will turn around and hurt you. Um, can you live with credit cards or without credit cards? Uh, yes. It's a little bit scary these days, as we spoke about. Um, how strategic you can use credit cards, but go through and really come down. There's three li- rules to live by when using credit cards. One, pay off the credit card every month. That's right. one. You know, go and look for a card that has no annual fee. That's another one. Look for a rewards card. You know, I get tons of points, and I'm 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 telling you, I'm a I'm a I'm a I'm a point slut to a certain extent because I love using. Boy, I, I, my, I've never heard that one. A point <laughs> slut. Oh my, my gosh! Card, and I get. <laughs> Free travel a lot. So I do use the credit cards for that purpose. But, I mean, there's really only three rules. And at the end of the day, you always need a credit card for emergencies. And and realistically, um, you know, going through and taking uh, taking a credit card out and just using it for everyday expenses, it's probably not the – best thing to use, Leonard, we go through and, you know, counsel people on proper uses. But the fact of the matter is there's a psychological event that takes place in one's head when you're <laughs> using that green stuff. You remember that stuff? It's yeah, called, um, I remember that stuff. It, I don't use it very often. What, what's it called? Cash? Yeah. Cash. yeah it's called That's cash. Money. Called. Cash <laughs> money. They used to call it in Washington, D.C., <laughs> where I'm from. Cash money. You know what? When when that green stuff goes through your fingertips, you don't want to let go of that too easy. It hurts, but man, when you whip out your credit card and you just sign away, that's cool. That's easy. There's no pain involved, and you got to be very, very careful. I mean, going through, and you know, really, you have to ask yourself on every purchase: Do I have money in my pocket to pay for this? Can I use cash to pay for it? Mm-hmm. And if not, we will go through, you know, go through the the gyrations. And if you have to use your credit card, at the very worst, make sure you pay it off at the end of the day when the bill comes in. And don't try to play games with timing of credit cards because those interest rates really sneak up on you. And 
the fact of the matter is credit card b- companies are there to make money and they're going to they they figure out ways to between their interest rates and the late fees and all the other stuff to to really extract as much money as they can out of you so you got to be yep. careful and I think the rates are going up. The percentage rates per year are going up on many credit cards. Well, they're already <clears throat> high. I mean, some of them, you know, when the rates went down and your credit card was charging you 17 18%, guess what? They never went down with the rates. Right. You know, what you're going to see, Leonard, is, is uh, a lot less um, zero payments for... 90 days, six months, one year, you're not going to see that because as the rates are going up, and last week they went up a quarter point right. um, because of the Fed increased their lending rate to banks. Right. right. I'm um, aware of that. that. That will turn around and at the end of the day cost consumers more money. Credit card rates, some, yes, will go up because they did, in fact, reduce the rates to attract new cardholders, but a right. lot of them are still stuck at very high interest rates. So they'll have, the, have to make the choice whether to increase the rates that they're charging or to just eat the difference. And chances are, you know, these banks are somewhat, I'm not going to say greedy, but they're greedy. They're greedy. Uh, you know that. I know that. Come on. <laughs> they're probably going to pass that increase on to uh, consumers and that they're going to end up having to pay for it. Um, The fact of the matter is interest rates were way too low for a long time. So I'm not so opposed to raising the interest rates and expect two more raises uh, this year of a quarter point each. So you're going to see in the last year by the, by the, by uh, December, of 2017, you're going to see an entire point increase in the prime rate. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens. All right, Howard, let me ask you this. Thank you for that information. What do you tell the people you counsel, the people who have eight credit cards? I mean, to me, that sounds like danger walking around. I mean, while you're, you're in danger credit cards, do they get themselves in trouble? Do you ever tell them to get rid of some of them? Well, at Debt.com, which is the firm I'm chairman of, um, we obviously tell them to get rid of the cards. I mean, certainly take eight credit cards, take them out of your wallet, and you don't need to be walking around with eight different credit cards. You probably need one, maybe two. But certainly you got to figure out a plan. And the plan is how are you going to reduce the interest rate or the balances of these credit cards that you're carrying around? Right now, consumer debt is at the same level it was right before the recession, which was the highest ever in the history of the world. Right. Very scary what's going to happen. And God forbid we have a little blimp in the, blip in the uh, economy and some people you know, start to lose some jobs. Which, which inevitably it, it will happen. Um, there's going to be a lot of people hurting out there. I mean, I see that the other the other phenomenon that I'm seeing and reading about is that the older people are retiring with debt. That never happened before. Usually, people 
of a retirement age end up paying off their house and paying off their credit report or credit cards so they're able to retire comfortably and live off whatever pension they may have coming in. Now the average person is retiring and they have $13,000 worth of credit card debt sitting out there. So that's not going to allow people to live the life that they basically thought they were going to enjoy for the rest of their lives. They're going to still have to work and re- generate think, revenue. Do you do you think people, the older people, should go to c- debt counselors to help them get on a plan to reduce this credit card well, debt? I, I do believe, absolutely. I believe everybody should go. If you're carrying debt, regardless of your age, you should go to a uh, debt counselor, a qualified debt counselor. Debt.com is the perfect place to start. Uh, it'll refer you to some vetted credit counseling agencies that we have gone through and done all the uh, work for the consumer and found the best of the best. Um, we grew up in the credit counseling world, and uh, we know what to look for. But the fact of the matter is whether you have debt, or not, you need to get on a budget. And, you know, and that's a bad word to a lot of people. But the fact of the matter is, you know, you need to make a plan for eliminating that debt and eliminate it as quickly as you can. And understand it took you years. So it took a lot of people years to build up debt. You've been carrying it around for a bunch of time. So it's going to take some time to eliminate it. So we need to go through and work out uh, a plan, a budget. When you call one of our counselors, we'll go through, we'll figure out your income, we'll figure out your expenses, we'll go through and chat with you and figure out uh, what bills you can reduce and and certainly figure out a plan to reduce that debt. Um, a lot of the time, it's, it's not as hard as someone would think. The fact of the matter is, you know, at Debt.com, our job is to get people out of debt. And we have been doing it for, you know, collectively for 25 years now. So people want to call 1-800-849-3328. That's 1-800-849-DEBT. They can certainly get a counseling session. And we can walk them through the process, and they can make the decision whether they need to go into a debt management program or they could do it themselves or simply just need education to help themselves out. But either way, it's not going to happen overnight. Is that right? Well, it never happens overnight. And anybody that tells you it's going to happen overnight is is, is kind of telling you a fairy tale. I mean, right. the fact of the matter is, you know, if you got yourself in debt, it takes time. The only way you're going to do it is pay it off over time. You well, it could happen overnight if you're lucky enough to hit the lottery. The rest of uh, us, you nope, got to the rest off. of us are not going to hit the lottery. You know exactly. exactly. Well, now listen. I keep kept talking about this credit card quiz. Have you told me this quiz already? I I went through the basics of it and basically going through and looking at the three special things. I really got got rid of the quiz and really went down to the to the uh, to the basics, and basically, the rule is to pay off your credit cards every month. Look at your right. annual fee, and try to get a bunch of rewards. And you can have a you know, you could go through and save yourself some time, some effort, and maybe even take a trip or two. And and, and usually that is uh, where we go 
to go through and tell people, you know, there is a quiz. I mean, it's in my book, Power Up. Uh, but the fact of the matter is it really dry, dry, drills down to those basic concepts of watching the fees, you know, right. paying, paying off your bills when they come in. Right. And uh, it's good, you say, to have a credit card for emergencies, too. Absolutely. You do need the emergencies. But, you know, basically, it's always good to call a credit counselor or call, get to, get together with somebody at Debt.com and, and, and sit down and, you know, kind of take a step back and have somebody else, a second opinion, look at your finances and go through. Make sure you're on the right track. You know, I, I, you don't necessarily have to have bill collectors calling you in order to need a credit counselor. Um, you know, sometimes it's good to to go through and talk to somebody and see and make a plan, whether that's with them or without them, but make a plan to to eliminate your debt over time. Okay. Um, certainly, you know it will take some time, but it's always good. It's you know you go to a CPA or an accountant to do your taxes or H and R block because they know something more than you do. Assumingly, same thing. You go through right. to a credit counselor. Well, Howard, it's been very good having you. You are a CPA, the founder of the Consolidated Credit Org, and uh, that's a nonprofit organization, and you are the author of Power Up, Taking Charge of Your Financial Destiny from Wiley and Sons. I've heard you before on TV and uh, radio. I'm glad you would come on with Leonard Birdsong Radio. I appreciate being here, and any time you would like to do it again, I'm I'm ready to talk. Hello, folks. Birdsong back with you. Glad you're sticking with me. There's more to come. As you know, I read dumb criminal law stories on the air. I collect these stories from around the world. I started doing for started doing this for my students when I was a law professor. They loved these stories, and they even learned something from them. You can buy my story or the books of stories on Amazon.com. Just type in Professor Birdsong's dumb criminal law stories. Here's the first one for today. It comes from Kentucky. Headline. Possible courtroom drug dealing? A Mount Olive, Kentucky woman allegedly arrested for making terroristic threats tried to sell crystal meth inside a courtroom while she waited for the judge to take the bench. A security guard said he overheard Telby Fields, 24, trying to hawk the drug to three people in the back of the courtroom. Miss Fields allegedly bolted from the courtroom and led police on a chase that ended with her arrest. <laughs> Possible courtroom, courtroom drug dealing. That's not the place to do your drug dealing, not in a courtroom. Here's a story from Louisiana. Headline, Joker's Wild. We learn that Terrence Rogmore, 24, was wandering drunk and naked when police were called to the Diamond Jacks Casino in the town of Bolsier, Louisiana, in June of this year. When Rockmore allegedly threw chairs at them, he was subdued with beanbag rounds and charged with assault 
and other charges. Joker's wild or Rockmore wild? <laughs> Here's a story from Michigan. The headline, Rough Ride, read the headline. Rough is R-U-F-F, like a dog. A man was arrested for allegedly DWI after an officer spotted him parked in the middle of an intersection preparing a sandwich for his dog. The pickup driver allegedly made the road-blocking pit stop near the town of Grayling, Michigan, because of his dog, Lucky, was hungry. This is according, according to authorities. The doggy downed the snack and was handed over to a relative of its owner, who was soon eating jailhouse food. The owner was soon eating jailhouse food. Let's stick with Michigan. Some say he's now in the doghouse, said the headline. It's been reported that a man put his two German shepherds in a car because they were... Nope. It has been reported that a man put his two German shepherds in a car wash because they were covered with feces. As a result, dog lovers are barking mad. His name, Marshall Bullard, blasted the dogs with scalding hot water from a high-pressure hose at the Wash Stop Auto Wash in the town of Warren, Michigan, outraging animal rights advocates. Bullard said he rescued the filthy dogs from a neglectful owner earlier in the day. The dogs were taken to a vet and were pronounced unharmed. Some say he's now in the doghouse. <laughs> oh, gosh. Here's a story from Nebraska. Back-to-back, back-to-back speeding tickets, says the headlines. An Iowa woman drew back-to-back speeding tickets in Nebraska after getting a citation for doing what? 92 miles per hour in a 75-mile-per-hour zone in a 2018 Ford Mustang. She put it behind her quickly, police said. She allegedly sped away from the scene after getting the ticket, reaching a speed of 142 miles per hour, where she was ticketed 142 hour, 142 miles per hour before she was ticketed again by the same police officer. The 31-year-old woman was arrested on suspicious of willful, reckless driving. My comment, you think? <laughs> 142 miles an hour, my God, in a 75-mile-per-hour zone. Story from Pennsylvania. <clears throat> High flying. A couple allegedly tripping out on bath salts went crazy <clears throat> because they thought fireflies were green lasers sent by alien invaders, police said. Jesse Shields, 30, of Mill Hall, Pennsylvania, was arrested for allegedly firing a gun into the air to scare away the extraterrestrials, according to the police. Catherine McCloskey, 22, was also taken into custody. This story comes from Sudan. The headline, A Costly Stork? An environmental group was shocked when they received a $2,657 phone bill after a crook stole a cell phone-compatible tracking device they had planted in a stork. Ecologic members had been studying the migration route of a bird called the Kacha through the Blue Nile Valley 
and eastern South, eastern Sudan in Africa when it suddenly could no longer be traced. They say someone snatched the bird's tracker and used the SIM card to rack up 20 hours of telephone calls, amounting to $2,657. That's a costly story, folks. <laughs> Here's a story out of Switzerland. Switzerland is such a peaceful country, you hardly ever hear about crimes there. The headline read, Hey, no fair. Fair is spelled A-F-A-R-E. Hey, no fair. We learned that an Austrian couple and their 10-year-old daughter were accused of attacking a cabbie and making off with his taxi in July of this year. We learned further that the father, who was not fit to drive and did not have a license, eventually crashed into a parked boat. <laughs> what kind of crime is that? You steal a taxi and crash it into a parked boat? <laughs> All right, Texas. Nose-biting crimes is the headline. Jessica Collins allegedly bit off and swallowed part of the host's nose at a home in Houston after being refused more cigarettes and whiskey and told to go home. It's also been reported that a stark mugshot of Miss Collins, 41, of the town of Conroe, with blood on her chin, has gone viral. Gosh, nose-biting crime. Finally for the day, the story comes out of Thailand. Headline, no more cheating. A woman chopped off her husband's penis after catching him cheating on her with another woman. Her name, Karuna Sansusan, 24, allegedly hacked off the manhood of her 40-year-old husband, Siripan, with a carving knife at the Siracha home. Unfortunately, surgeons were unable to reattach it. These are our dumb criminal law stories for this week, folks. <laughs> These stories never end. How about some riddles? I have three of them here for you. They're not that difficult. See if you can figure them out. I'll give you the answers at the end of the show. First riddle. What do you get when you cross a dinosaur with a pig? What do you get when you cross a dinosaur with a pig? Second riddle, what do spiders order at fast food restaurants? What do spiders order at fast food restaurants? Final riddle, why did the man decide to sell his vacuum cleaner? Why did the man decide to sell his vacuum cleaner? Well, we'll come back with the answers to these riddles at the end of the story. Right now, we're going to take another pause for the cause. I'll be back with you. Stick with us. This is... I'm back with you, folks. This is Birdsong. Having a good day, here on, good day here on the radio with you. We had a guest today who talked about humor and how you need humor in her, your life. Her name, James Jenkin Harlong. She was a one-time Miss America contestant. She's also a singer. And in the speech, uh, the Speaker's Hall of Fame. Right now, I have a Paul Harvey book here. It's called For What It Was Worth. Paul Harvey was sent a number of stories during his career, and he put them in a book. Here's a story. 
from Richmond, California, where Miss Lily Fowler, 80, drove into an automatic car wash the other day. Reaching for the brake, she hit the, ins- the accelerator instead, and the car sped ahead through the car wash out into the busy street where it struck another car and bounced into a parking lot fence and bounced off the fence. And it then went into a gas station gas pump, knocking the gas pump flat and spilling its gas on the ground. Backing up, her car rammed another that set the spilled gasoline on fire. And the fire burned both those cars, plus two more, fire chief of Richmond, California. (laughs) How about that, folks? (laughs) She had a right to be embarrassed. Well, I'm coming to the end of the story here. Let me give you the answers to these riddles if you haven't figured them out. Here's the first one. What do you get when you cross a dinosaur with a pig? What do you get when you cross a dinosaur with a pig? You get Jurassic pork. (laughs) What do spiders order at fast food restaurants? What do spiders order at fast food restaurants? Well, that's easy. They order burger and flies. (laughs) Finally, why did the man decide to sell his vacuum cleaner? Why did the man decide to sell his vacuum cleaner? Well, because all it was doing was gathering dust. (laughs) I like that. All right, I'm going to leave you with some words of wisdom. Some rules to live by. First one, don't get down when you have a bad turn. Out of adversity comes challenge and often success. Number two, don't blame others for your setbacks. Number three, when things go well, always give credit to others. Four, don't talk all the time. Listen to your friends and mentors and learn from them. Number five, don't brag about yourself. Let others point out your virtues and your strong points. Number six, give someone a hand. When a friend is hurting, show that friend you care. Number seven, nobody likes an overbearing big shot. Number eight, as you succeed, be kind to people. Thank those that help you along the way. Number nine, don't be afraid Don't be afraid to shed a tear when your heart is broken because a friend is hurting. And number 10, say your prayers, folks. These are words to live by from the 41st President of the United States, George H.W. Bush, his rules to live by. This is Birdsong. It's been great being with you. I'll be back with you next week. Have a good week. 